This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Mahomes the snap, Raiders bring four, Crosby off the edge, gets on his back, and brings him down back at the 18-yard line. Again out of the shotgun, pressure up the middle, floats one to the back corner of the end zone, over the shoulder, grab, touchdown, Hunter Renfro! This one, no doubt about it! As the clock will head towards zero and put an end on the 2022 Raiders season. That concludes Link with a loss to the Chiefs here at home, 31-13. Live from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. It is another Monday, and we are back at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. The Underground Lounge is our location. Normally, we're here because of Monday Night Football. Normally, there's a game that we're talking about. But as you heard and as you know, Week 18 is in the books. That means the regular season is over. And tonight, Monday Night Action will be the National Championship game. TCU, the Horned Frogs, will be taking on the Georgia Bulldogs, the defending national champions, number one versus number three. Excited about this matchup. Excited for the opportunity that TCU has being little little brother. I like to call him little brother in the Big 12 because for years on top of years, as a guy who covered the Big 12 like a glove, it was always about Texas. It was always about Oklahoma. It was never about Baylor. It was never about K-State. It was never about West Virginia. It was never about uh, any of these other Iowa states. And it sure was never about TCU. And here you go. TCU runs the table, only gets uh, defeated one time, and Georgia runs the table and is undefeated. So, man, there you go. It doesn't get too much better than this. National Championship game will be on these TVs here at the Underground Lounge, and that's why we're here. Next week we'll be here for Monday Night Football as far as NFL playoffs goes. So that's something that you can put into your notes, into your, uh, you know, into your, your dates, and, and you know, put it on your calendar. But uh, today it is all about the National Championship game, so I'm very excited about that. I like to call this game the Fighting Zamir Whites versus the Fighting Trayvon Merricks. Zamir White, the Georgia alum, and Trayvon Merrick, the young man from TCU. How is it going to go down? We'll find out in a matter of hours, but uh, we're here for you, and we're here with you for the next three hours to talk some Raider football, talk some college football, and uh, hear from you on your thoughts on everything silver and black. So this is how we do. My man Damon Cotton's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio making everything go after a week a weekend of being at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, we were there on Saturday as everything got wrapped up. And it's crazy to think that that game and those highlights that we just heard in the open with Jason Horowitz on the call was from Saturday. It feels like the game was played, I don't know, three or four days ago. It seems like we're so far removed from that game. Don't really know how much we'll even talk about the game as, uh, you know, the Raiders, I thought they had an opportunity to go out there and, knock off Kansas City and, and not let them get that number one spot and thought they were going to come with some extra energy. Even in the pregame show, I kept saying, man, it feels it just feels different in this building, man. There's some energy in this building. It was different, for me at least, it was different than the San Francisco game from the Sunday before. So I thought that the Raiders were going to go out there. I was like, man, they're going to win this game. I told anyone who would listen, I think they're going to win this game. And, well, end results, 31-13. Uh, they looked like they had a little bit of fight early, but it, wasn't, it didn't last very long. It wasn't sustainable. So Kansas City goes on to be the number one seed, and the Raiders go into the offseason. Earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, around 9.30 this morning, we were able to talk to head coach Josh McDaniels and then followed up in the Raider locker room from about 10.15 to 11.15. And to say that the locker room did not have a lot of players in it was probably an understatement. There wasn't a whole lot of folks in the Raider locker room, but we did get an opportunity to talk to Max Crosby. We got an opportunity to talk to Josh Jacobs. We got an opportunity to talk to Nate Hobbs. And we got a a chance to talk to Amir Abdullah. And it's funny, Damon, when we talked to Amir Abdullah, it was me and uh, Vinny were sitting there talking. And so I was listening because Vinny had started talking to Amir. 
And normally I would go over and record the interview as well, but I was like, oh, well, Vinny's recording, so there's no reason for both of us to record. And then we'll, you know, we'll just use, we'll use the same audio, but I'll be on the interview with them. So I'm letting Vinny get his question in, his questions in, and you know where I'm going, Demond. You know I'm going to ask him about the art of the the kick return, right? Because that's something I thought all year long that he had an opportunity to. Well, at least around a certain part of the season, I thought he had an opportunity to take it back. So as soon as Vinny asked him his last question, I believe his last question was on how close he thought this team was. No, his last question was on if he wanted to return next year to the Raiders, and he gave a good answer on that. So as soon as Vinny finished that question and he finished responding, I started to ask him about the art of the kick return, and Vinny turned off his record so but i still asked him because i was in mid-sentence and so shame on me for not having to record it recorded. and that was probably his best answer <laughs> of course right the one that's not recorded is probably his best answer uh but he did he, he went into saying because i told him straight up like you know there's about three or four games where i felt like you guys were really close to taking one to the house and he even brought up the buffalo bills taking two to the house on sunday and he said the thing about it is we had plays that were very close to that it's all about timing. You know, he's like, it's, it's really it's all about timing. It's about me hitting my block at the exact right time. And if, that's, if that happens, I can get it to that. Like, he had a great explanation of how the kick return and how taking it to the house actually happens. And he really put it on himself and said, really, the only reason we didn't have one of those, and they're very hard to do, the only reason we didn't have one is because my timing was off. The, the blockers, and I thought that was cool that he took responsibility for it. I'm sure it was a little bit of both. But he said, hey, you know, my timing is what did not allow us to, to hit that home run like we'd like to. He's always very hard to do, but when you do it, it's a thing of beauty. So he went into that, and I thought it was a great answer, but we didn't get that uh, recorded. So there's that. So you just have to take my word for it. <laughs> I mean, you gave, you then, gave a great explanation. <laughs> I mean, I did, but I really would have rather you heard it from him than me, uh, you know, translate it back and, and report it back. But that was a it was a fantastic answer from him. And then I went on to ask him because he's a Nebraska alum. I asked him what he thought, uh, you know, Nebraska was going to do under Coach Matt Rule. Everyone knows I'm a big Coach Matt Rule guy. And uh, he said, hey, man, I, I played for him in, in Carolina a little bit last season. Uh, so I know what he's able to do. He's proven in the college ranks. And he's like, hey, if he can get Nebraska back to a bowl game, I'd be happy. And it's kind of – it made me laugh because I thought – immediately I thought of DeMond because, DeMond, all, the, all you talk about is just give me to a bowl game, I'll be happy. So Amir Abdullah said it had been so long since they had been in a bowl game that he wanted to see him get there. And I said, well, I think he'll – He'll get things turned around. He thought so as well. But, uh, yeah, had, had some good little conversations. Like I said, it wasn't a whole lot, but Max went on for a pretty good time, pretty length, about 10 to 12 minutes. And I'll tell you right now, man, from talking to Max Crosby, he really embodies what it is to be a Raider, also what it is to be just an exceptional player in the NFL. His ex expectations for himself and, more importantly, his expe expectations for his teammates are second to none. And I really could appreciate what I heard from Max in the locker room today because it really kind of lets you know his mindset and what he's expecting everyone in the locker room to do and who he needs in the locker room to be able to be successful and be that team that Raider Nation wants the Raiders to be. So I thought that that was really a good conversation. You'll hear from Mad Max at about 3.30, and we're going to play the whole thing in its entirety. Like I said, it's about 10 to 12 minutes, but it's going to tell you what he's looking for in the Raiders' locker room. And I'll tell you right now, it's just a little sneak peek. What he's looking for in the Raiders' locker room is not in the Raiders' locker room right now. There's a couple cats that he's looking for that are in the locker room, and he'll bring them up multiple times. But for the most part, there's some cats that are needed in that locker room, and you'll hear Max explain why coming up. That'll be about 3.30 
will play that. So uh, excited about that. Well, we got an excited, exciting show as well. As always, uh, every Monday we talk to Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and also the Review Journal. He'll join us at 2.30 to talk about the season finale versus Chiefs and the Raiders moving forward. You know, because that's what it's all about. It's the offseason now. I mean, you can go back and say woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, how come this team didn't do this? How come? None of that matters. It is the offseason. The playoffs are set, and the Raiders are, are trying to figure things out. Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, they're in the lab right now doing a lot of evaluation. Matter of fact, you'll hear from uh, head coach Josh McDaniels in just a few minutes, and that's what it's all about at this point. It's all about evaluation. At 3 o'clock, Steve Weiss from the NFL Network, he'll join the show. Last time he joined the show, it was following the Christmas Eve game when the Raiders were in Pittsburgh taking on the Steelers, and it was ice cold, and he was on the sidelines. This time, he was good, man. He was good. He was inside the stadium, the nice dome stadium, Allegiant Stadium, nice temperature control. He was in the press box where it was nice and warm, even walking back to his hotel room and, and media lot, uh, parking lot 89 where we all park our cars at. Uh, it was a nice, cool, just simple walk. You know, nothing, nothing to have to worry about like he did when uh, he was in Pittsburgh uh, covering the Steelers in the Raiders game. So we'll talk to Steve about what he saw from the Raiders, how far away he thinks they are, what do they need. And I don't mean how far away from winning a championship, but what do they need to be able to compete with that team that was across the, the, the field from them on Saturday? Because ultimately, Raider Nation, that's what it's all about. If you want to be a player and you want to be a consecutively, you know, a, a, a team that's, that, you know, consecutive seasons on top of seasons on top of seasons are going to the playoffs, you know, if you're going to be that team, you've got to be able to compete and defeat that team that was across from the Raiders, which is the Chiefs. And now the Raiders didn't have a good showing on Saturday. I don't think they're as bad as that showing was, but I also kind of realized that they got a long way to go to be as good as that team across. So I feel like they're, you know, everything is not, I always say that everything's not as bad as it looks, and it's also not as good as it looks. It kind of is somewhere in between. The Raiders got some, they got some fine-tuning to do. They got quite a bit of fine-tuning to do if they want to be able to consistently compete with that team that is the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll talk to Steve Weiss from NFL Network coming up at 3 o'clock. Then at 4 o'clock, as I mentioned, it is the national championship night. TCU against Georgia. My guy, my old uh, co-host, Stephen Simcox, Locked On Horn Frogs. He does that podcast. He's a TCU alum. He'll join the show at 4 o'clock just to talk about TCU, how they even got here. And I know this for a fact. Stephen Simcox, who hosts the Locked On Horn Frog show each and every day, is a TCU alum. I did radio shows with him for years, fantastic dude. He picked TCU to go about 7-5 and five this season. Instead, they, went around, they messed around and only lost one game. So believe me, he's not one of those cats that are like, oh, I saw this all the way. Oh, yeah, I knew that they were going to be a national champion. No, he's a realistic dude, you know, and he, he looked at the squad and said, okay, I think they have some nice pieces, but they're not going to be a team that's going to compete for the championship. And, well, that's the reason why they play the game. So here they are going to compete for the championship. And I'll tell you right now, if TCU wins, even if they don't, they've already, their, their uptick in recruiting has already been amazing. You've seen guys from Alabama transfer already to TCU because now TCU is a real player. And, again, being in the Big 12, that is such a, a shock because it's always been Oklahoma, always been Texas. Baylor's always been little bruh. TCU's always been little bruh, right? I mean, that's just what it is, right? And so to have that kind of a little uptick, is going to be a, a great for them recruiting-wise and, and also just letting it be known that, hey, you know, we can play with these tech cats. And I'll say one of the biggest reasons why they can compete with Georgia and others, like they beat Michigan, the reason they can do that is because they're a damn physical team. They're one of the most physical teams in the country. They're coming from the Big 12, which is unusual. And I'll tell you exactly why. And we'll talk to Steven about this at 4 o'clock. There's a strength and conditioning coach named Kaz Kazadi. There's very rarely that I talk about football, and I'll bring up the strength and conditioning coach as the reason why a team is so good. 
Kaz Kazadi, who was a guy that was straight the conditioning coach at Baylor when everything went down funky with Art Bryles and everybody and had to, you know, everyone went their separate ways. He ended up with Sonny Dykes. They went to SMU and eventually found his way to TCU. That dude has those guys being the most physical cats out there. And I remember when he was at Baylor, man, they were they, – that physicality that they provided was next level. They spread you out, but they played physical. That's why they can compete, and that's why I think this game is going to be an interesting one tonight. So Stephen Simcox will join us at 4 p.m. In between all that, we've got so much locker room sound from Saturday and also today. We talked to Darren Waller on Saturday, Devontae Adams on Saturday, Deron Harmon, Josh Jacobs, and Max Crosby. Those are all Saturday conversations we had in the locker room following the game. Today we talked to Crosby, Hobbs, Jacobs, and Abdullah. So, I mean, we got a lot to get to. Uh, you'll also hear from Lee Sterling around 345 or 350. He'll uh, give you his thoughts on tonight's game between Georgia and TCU, which right now Georgia is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. So if you're on your way here to the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, you can always stop by the Williams Sportsbook right here, and you can place your bets. I'll just say right now, 13-and-a-half points is a pretty disrespectful number as far as I'm concerned. Now, Georgia might go out there and they might do it. They might put the whooping stick on TCU. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a lot closer. So if you're making your last-minute bets, you might want to think about that. Uh, Georgia, good chance they win the national championship. Just don't think they're going to win by 13 and a half, so basically 14 points. But a loaded show for you today. And of course, Rare Nation, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword R&R. We already got some text messages coming through that way. Let's go ahead, now that you know the guests, Ed Graney at 2.30, Steve Weiss at 3, and Steven Simcox at 4 o'clock, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So as I said, man, we got a lot that we're going to squeeze into in the next two hours and 45 minutes here on the show. Got a lot of sound. Plus, of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200. Always come prepared with a question I like to throw out there to you. Before I get to that question, before I throw out that topic, I did want you to hear from Josh McDaniels. Here's his opening statement as he addressed the media earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Here, um, Obviously, they... You know, they, they put in all the work, the effort, the time, the sacrifice, um, you know, competed really hard in every game all the way through. Um, very grateful for that. I thought we had great leadership this year. Um, our captains did a tremendous job of really setting a great example for everybody. Um, you know, guys that had been here before, rookies, young players, uh, they were a great, uh, it's a great opportunity for people to learn from them. Um, and now, obviously, we'll uh, head into a evaluation phase, um, part of the year that everything we've done, our entire operation, our entire process, uh, all of our individual performances, um, you know, that's what we want to look at, uh, starting with myself and, and our staff and everything we've done uh, to try to see um, every way we can, how we can improve uh, and make our football team better. Um, we know what the, the goal is here and the standard, um, and that's, um, you know, certainly our, our record, the way we finished this year isn't, isn't that, and so we're going to do everything we can to make that better and improve it as we go forward, and that's what, that's what our focus will be on. Um, players will take um, the necessary time right now to get healthy physically, um, mentally, emotionally, uh, make sure that they're ready to go when we have an opportunity to come back together in April and have a 
a productive off season, but uh, you know the next month, month and a half will be all spent on evaluation and um, and what what we can do to to make everything we do better. So there you go, head coach Josh McDaniels, just opening statement, just really kind of summarizing the season, looking back on it, showing his appreciations, and realizing it is now evaluation season. So I play that to go ahead and lead into the show topic that I bring to you, and I want to hear from you at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. That's the don'tbebroke.com text line again six nine one eight seven. That's the number. All you got to do is before you put in the message, make sure you put the letters R and R space, and then your message. You can say whatever you want to say, and then it'll come through, and we'll make sure we get it. If you don't put the letters R&R, it's going to go to our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, and they're going to say, wait, what are you talking about? I don't know what this is. And I want to make sure that your feedback gets on the show. So two questions for you. It's, it's, it's one side and the other. What to you was most disappointing about the 2022 season? I'm sure there's plenty to choose from. But what to you, Raider Nation, was most disappointing about the 2022 season? And what was most exciting about the season? What possibly gives you hope for the future moving forward? I don't need a laundry list of of all things, just give me one each. One thing that was the most disappointing, because that's why it's called the most. And then what was the most exciting? Again, one each. Most disappointing about 2022, most excited about 2022. Again, Damon Cotton, who's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, who's answering your phone calls but also contributing to the show. Damon, I do want to hear from you. What would you say was most disappointing? We'll start with the, we'll start with the bad first. What was most disappointing for you for the Raiders in 2022? The overall lack of execution. We're coming in to say it's Patriots West. Everyone wanted to use that cliche, but I expected. Did the they? I think nobody wanted to use it. I think everybody was angry. I don't think anybody wanted to use it. Well, that. I heard it so much that now I'm saying it because <laughs> I never thought about saying it. But, you know, I, right. I wouldn't have been using that term, but I heard it so much throughout the season. I'm, right. Yeah, you're right. People from that were angry. But you hear like, hey, oh, Ziggler and McDaniels, they're going to bring in this new system. It's going to be, you know, buttoned up like the Patriots. Even like during training camp, media was worried. Oh, how much access are people going to have? Is it going to be exactly the way Bill runs New England? But just yeah. to see the lack of execution when it came down to game time, you know, mishaps here on the offensive side, mishaps on the defensive side, even though no one expected the defense to be the 86 Bears. But just the lack of execution, that was the most disappointing thing to me. That's a good one. That's a really good one. When I look at it and think about the biggest disappointment, I think it was the fact that the, the main guys, the main guys who were expected to be the main guys were injured so much early. You know, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro never had an opportunity to get out there with Devontae and Josh and really see what it looked like, right? I mean, really, and even when they did come back, talking about Hunter and Darren, then all of a sudden we know Derek isn't there very long, right? So I think, to me, that was the biggest disappointment and something that we talked about quite a bit uh, heading into the season is that we've got to have an opportunity to see what it looks like. What can those three dudes look like together, Devontae, Darren, and Hunter? What can they look like out there as, as a full-throttle offense, you know, is that an offense? As I started the show talking about they've got to find a way to compete with the Chiefs, is that an offense that had potential enough to, to compete with the Chiefs? Or are they not? Or are they still missing something? I don't think that we can answer that, that question honestly right now. If you ask me, Q, do the Raiders have enough weapons to compete with Kansas City? I couldn't answer you because I didn't see it. And now we know that the trigger man is gone, and so they, they've got to go ahead and make a decision on what they're going to do in that situation. Who's going to be the guy in 2023? I think anyone who expected Jared Stidham to just be anointed that job, I think reality hit on Saturday. And that's not because he played bad. It's just I think you realize why he's been a backup for a, a, a while. You know, and I think you realize what it looks like when teams have a little bit of film on you and they know what you do really well and they know what you don't do really well. 
You know, so uh, that's why I didn't want to overreact to one game that we saw against San Francisco. Wanted to see him do it consistently. The only problem is that there's only two game sample size that you were going to be able to get because the season's going to get wrapped up. But for me, all in all, just not having the main dudes be the main dudes for the majority of the season is the problem. Jacobs did a hell of a job. He won the rushing title. Hats off to Josh Jacobs. Won the rushing title. That was exciting. I, I, t- I promise you, Damon, I'm not a stat guy. I'm not a fantasy football guy. You know this. But all day on Saturday following the Raider game, and then all day Sunday, I kept wa- watching the box score. Where's Derrick Henry at? How many yards does he have? And he had like 71 in the first half. And I was like, oh, no, he's going to go off in the second half. But uh, luckily, <laughs> luckily, and again, I'm not a fantasy football guy. I, I you know, saw that he, he started to slow down, and that was great. Nick Chubb never really got off to the, the start that I thought he was going to need. But, you know, Josh Jacobs won the rushing title. You see that you see Devontae Adams went over 1,500 yards. We say it all the time. We said it on Saturday at the pregame show. They still left meat on the bone. Right? There's plenty of meat left on the bone out there with some of my man Wanda Smashers in the building. So, yeah, there's, pl- there's plenty of that. So I just wanted to see what it would have looked like with all of them out there with the opportunity to be, to be great, you know, to be able to compete with Kansas City, and it just never happened. So we'll get, back to, we'll get back to what we saw that was the positive side of things in just a little bit. We do want to hear from you, though, at 702-365-9200. Plus, we've got a bunch of texts coming through on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Who's up first, Amon? Robert in Portland. Robert, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. Uh, I love your take on the Big 12, man. I, I just I can't wait till Texas is long gone from that. <laughs> you know, I just hate, I hate, I hate those bastards. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and guess what? And guess what, Q? They're going to huh. go like T-A-N-M is the same problem. They're going to join yep. the Big Boy Conference, and they'll be lucky if they even get in any decent hole from here on. So I love right. I love, I love TCU and I love, Sonny Dykes did a hell of a job at SMU after having that long you know long struggles with Cal. Uh, he's a good coach. I mean he he's he's a lot like Leach in a lot of respects. But what I I'm pulling for him tonight to stay in that game because if it gets close at the end, I, I love this coach Dugan. I love him. <laughs> All right. Anyway, hey, my my biggest thing was. This year, uh, I love Jacobs playing in the preseason. He was sending a message to the coach, uh, don't forget me, in that very first exhibition game. I, I think you probably haven't forgotten that. He did play while these other guys didn't play crap during his preseason. That was, you know, it wasn't their fault. They just wanted to protect him. But I think it really hurt them. And, and, and it, you know, they, they were learning a new system. And they looked like they were just beginning uh, preseason against uh, – the Chargers in L.A. with all those Raider fans there. That was a yeah. big disappointment. Now, yeah. one, the good thing was Jacobs. One thing I want to ask you before you have Garvey on, he, he, his report card leads off with his latest story. Now it's time for uh, McDaniels and, uh, you know, Ziegler to get, you know, they're not going to have any more excuses. Garvey just went into them the other day, and I think that's a big deal. And I think he'll touch on it today. At least I hope he does because I respect the guy in his pen. Will do. I'll make sure to get to that as soon as we have Ed coming up next. As a matter of fact, I believe that's who he was saying, right, Demond? He was talking about uh, Ed? Yeah, I think he just missed the R on the name. Okay, okay. I, I thought he was talking about Ed Graney, so that's cool. We'll get to him in just a hot minute. Uh, good stuff, and I do like what Josh Jacobs, of course, has been a big fan of Josh Jacobs, who, oh, by the way, won the Craig Long Award today as well as uh, being the guy that is most uh, – 
um, cooperative when it comes to the media and, and really the biggest pleasure to cover from the local media. So hats off to Josh Jacobs for that. But uh, good stuff, my man. I definitely appreciate you. Uh, let's get Raider Rondez on real quick. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. What up, Q? How you guys doing? Blessed, man. We're blessed. Hey, so uh, so you said what the the, the low lights and the highlights? Is that what, well, the the biggest about? disappointment, the biggest disappointment, and the, and the uh, biggest highlight, I guess, for you in twenty twenty two. So biggest disappointment to me is just that they could not play a full four quarters. Uh, my okay. jaw dropped at the end of the Cardinals games. I was sitting there in two twenty five, wondering what happened. <laughs> we witnessed yep. the most uh, biggest uh, comeback in Raiders history, up twenty. And I kind of think that sets the tone for the rest of the season. Uh, the ineptitude of the offense uh, and defense, vice versa. You know, we never played complete complimentary football. Um, yeah. DC's, uh, you know, inconsistent play. Unfortunately, it's year nine. You know, I know a lot of people say, oh, don't blame Carr, don't blame Carr. It's year nine, though. I don't care who you are. If you're a year nine quarterback, you got to elevate the players around you. Come on, bro. That's all I'm saying, you know. I want DC to succeed. Uh, you know, he had his time in the sun, and he just couldn't get it done. So that's my piece on that. You know, I wish him well, but we got to move on. It's your nine, your ten. All right. It could the quarterback. All right. What was your biggest? What uh, was your? What was your? The most promising thing you saw in 2022. The promising thing is Mad Max Crosby, man. That man is a man possessed. Crosby, Devontae, setting the freaking receiving record his first year here, balling out with games of what two receptions and 20 yards, some games like that. Yeah. Josh Jacobs setting single season rushing record. Did he or did he beat Marcus or no? Uh no, okay he was close, but still yeah he was with all the with all the shuffling on the O line, credit to them you know he he found his way this year for sure, and uh, you know I just want to I hope we can put it together next season man I can't I can't afford another season like this next year it's not good for my mental health for my wallet <laughs> and I want to thank y'all for uh keeping up keeping uh you know putting up with us this whole season I appreciate y'all man y'all y'all a great outlet for us and uh, keep doing what you're doing man appreciate y'all. I appreciate you. Good stuff, my man. And, yeah, Max Crosby, the thing about him, and when you hear what he had to say in the Raiders locker room at 3.30 today, man, now you want to talk about getting fired up. I was getting fired up just listening to him because I realized how great he wants to be. And I can appreciate someone who wants to be great, who realizes I'm really, really good, but I got to be really, really better. And, oh, by the way, I want some really, really great players around me that want to be great as well. I want guys, and he kept calling them dogs. I, I, I want dogs uh, around me that are like me. Right, and so I could really appreciate that he's taking that leadership role. I even asked him, "Well, how good of a recruiter are you?" <laughs> right, because I mean that's what it's going to take. He's the face of the franchise. Remember when Chandler Jones signed? He said, "I want to play with Mad Max Crosby. I want to play with Mad Max." That's all we kept hearing. So I asked him, "Hey, man, how big of a, a better a, a recruiter are you?" And he said, "I'm working on that as well." So I mean, he's just really taking on that role. And I mean, if he he's one of those guys, you know, people call in and say, "Hey, if you you cut me, I'm bleeding silver and black." Max Crosby, I do believe, if you cut him will bleed silver and black. 227 is the time when we come back. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and also the Review Journal will join us. This is Radish Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. One is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Damon Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. Prepare for not Monday Night Football, but the National Championship game between TCU 
in Georgia. Excited about that. In just a few minutes, we should have Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, also the Review Journal, on to talk all things silver and black. But the question I threw out there, and I want to get your feedback, is 702-365-9200, also the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r What was most disappointing about the 2022 season, and what was most exciting about the 2022 season? Now, just give me one. Give me one of both. Don't give me a whole bunch of them. Just give me one of both. Uh, Jay hit me up and said, biggest disappointment was opportunities missed. The missed opportunity to close games. The missed opportunities to give Carr a proper send-off. The missed opportunities to have a full offense. And the missed opportunities to treat the fans better. Most promising, Devontae Adams is as advertised. That's good stuff right there from Jay. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, going to the tech side real quick. Jim from Yonkers. Most disappointing, the new coach said the players all of a sudden needed to learn how to win. Coaches threw the players under the bus. The divide set up by management when they backed the coaches at 2-7. and seven. Most positive, we found out Chandler Jones could play cornerback. LOL. Seriously, Max Crosby played out all uh, played all out and not just his contract year. Also, second franchise quarterback Mark Davis has gotten rid of. Can you name the first one? We gave up a lot and traded him for a bag of chips. Thank you. Enjoy your evening. That's Jim from Yonkers. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's a trivia question that I'm not going to be able to answer. And I'll say the divide set up by management when they back the coaches at 2-7, and seven, I don't know what divide you're talking about. If it's the players in the locker room, there's not a divide. I was in the locker room. There's no divide in the locker room between the players. The players are all on board uh, with, the, with the coach, and I think that that's the reason why they needed to win some games so they can see that they are headed in the right direction. But as you hear some sound that we have from the locker room, especially today, you'll hear that these guys are on board with the coaching staff. Joining us now on the phone lines is our good friend Ed Grady from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We were Thank just you. in the Raiders locker room a little earlier today, and I know there was yeah. slim pickings in the locker room, but from the guys that were in there, man, I was just saying, I was explaining on the text that we got in, they all sound like they were all on board with the coaching staff from what we've been hearing. What did you take away? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jacobs, Crosby, a couple of those, uh, Nate Hobbs, I mean, they all, especially Max Crosby, talked to him for a long time with all you guys, and uh, yep. they uh, they are on board, and they like Josh McDaniels, and they think they're headed in the right direction. And you know, I mean, I don't know, you know, sometimes like, well, is that is that what they have to say? But they seem genuine about it, um, yep. and they seemed honest about it. Um, wish there had been more guys in there. It seems like they cleaned out before we got in there. Uh, yeah, waited yeah, till did. after after waited till after we left. So it'd have been yeah. nice to talk to a few more guys, but. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, and talking to them today, I get the feeling that uh, they think better days are ahead. They know changes are coming. Um, Max, you know, said you know he knows there's probably going to be a lot of changes on his side of the ball. That's part of the NFL. Every year there's changes, and uh, they're they're going to have they're going to have their uh, they're going to have their full. Believe me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was explaining about Max Crosby, and we had a good ten to twelve minutes with him. Uh, in the locker room, and, and I was saying how much he kept saying about dogs and wants guys like him that, you know, just want to be excellent and, and don't want to, you know, complain about having to do extra work or whatever. Just he wants guys that are basically winners. Um, to me, that's that really seems like Max is really taking that leadership role and that he's even going to be in the ear of the coaching staff and Dave Ziegler about, hey, you need to bring in these kind of guys because these are the kind of guys that want to win. Yeah, I mean, Max has said often he wants to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. So he doesn't hide from hard work uh, if that's his ultimate goal. And I think, you know, look, he's going to say all the right things today about the defense and his, and his teammates and all that, but he knows changes need to be made. I mean, he knows the defense needs to get better. So he obviously has the kind of player in mind that he wants to play next to. Um, and maybe he didn't see enough of those guys this year, and this is his way of saying it publicly. 
because he knows those guys hear things, you know, what is said in locker rooms and what players say to the media. Um, and this might be his way of saying, look, this is, this is what we need more of. We need more guys like, like him who, you know, first one there, last one gone, and, you know, who love it and who want, you know, want it more than anything and will put in the time and the effort um, to get it. So I thought that was, you know, interesting that he kept mentioning that. Um, and, you know, reading between the lines, you know, Max is a really smart guy, and I think when he says things, um, he says it with a purpose. And he wants to get his message across, and I think that's what the message was. Absolutely. Ed Graney is our guest again here from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ on Red Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. DeMond's got one for you. I don't know if you picked the headline, but the latest article you have, Josh McDaniel should begin <laughs> evaluations by looking in the mirror. Where do you think the coaching staff in front office Of course he picked the headline. He wrote it. Wrong. <laughs> no, I will say, I, will say I, I wrote that in the column, but I don't write the headline. Some, yeah, sometimes the editor. But, but that was, go. but that wasn't that wasn't the column. That that line wasn't the column. So they they just picked that out for, uh, for the headline. Um, well, I mean, I just look. I, I and he says it often himself. So he's he doesn't run from it. He says it starts with him, and it does start with him. And and, and he's got to be better. Uh, they're yeah. six and eleven, and it's like Crosby said today: six and eleven, six and eleven. And yep. and McDaniel said it after the game: they are what they are. They're six and eleven. So 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 he's got to be better. Dave Ziggler's got to be better in building that team. The players have to be better. Um, you know, the coaching, the, the execution, everything. When you're 6 and 11, you know, everyone has to be better. So, but I think Josh, I, I, I do think it starts with him. I mean, he's the coach. So, yep. you know, he's, and, and, and like I said, he's been a person who's always said it starts with him. He's been a person who's always, you know, been the guy to come out and say, you know, I've got to look at myself and how, how I can improve. So there's a lot of credit to him for that. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you can't, you can't run from the record. Um, you can't no. run from what you did this year. So they've, they've all got to be better starting like right now with their evaluations of not only who they have, but their evaluations of free agents to be, um, their evaluations of the draft, you know, who they want to bring back. Uh, and, I, and that starts right now. I know the draft isn't until April, but how desperately do they need to actually have some real deal success in the draft, not only this year, but for some years to come? Well, and, and this is Josh and um, Dave's only been there for one year, but you, you and I both know they've not had good drafts lately as a team, as an organization. Um, right. They just haven't. You know, now there's been people like Max Crosby that they got, and, you know, Hunter was a good pick, and there have been some picks you can pick out. But for the most part, they haven't had good drafts. Now, some of that had to do with off-field situations um, where they lost players that you can't really predict is going to happen, but, you know, it did happen. So you're right, Q. They have to have really good drafts, not only this year, but if they're going to build it from what they're saying right now with you know the whole kind of process uh, mantra, um, it has to start with the draft. I mean, you know, if you look at the team you want to maybe mimic defensively, and this isn't the Raiders, so it's unfair just to say the Raiders, but look at how the Niners built their defense. You know, I mean, right. that's you know they draft and develop, and then they pick off free agents here or there, but they make the right decisions on them. You know, so. And, again, that's unfair. Everyone wants to be them defensively. But if you just kind of take a step back and look at them and how it's done, if you think you can do it that way and draft really good players, then, you know, I mean, have faith in your scouting department and have faith in, you know, those guys who, you know, are out there watching these kids all year for you and, you know, when they come together and evaluate them. Uh, but, yeah, they, they need to draft really well for sure. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney here from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ here on Radio Nation Radio 920. The offensive line, that was a question coming into the season, and it's hard to say that they aren't a very good offensive line when they have the number one rusher in the league. But 
I think that they're not really a good offensive line, even though they had the number one rusher in the league. How much upgrading do you think needs to be addressed when it comes to that O-line? Well, I just think they need to address it better than they addressed it this offseason, this last offseason, where you don't have, and some of it's always going to be with injuries in the offensive line, I get that, but where you don't have 16 to 18 different rotations. You know, you yeah. want some consistency on the offensive line. You want it to where, you know, beyond injuries, hey, this is our offensive line. This is our two deep on the offensive line, and we're, we're confident in it, and they've proven to, to where, you know, this is what it should be. You're right. Um, I don't think it was a good offensive line, and they had the leading rusher. So I guess a lot of that goes to Josh. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and some of it has to go to the line because, you know, yeah. he has, someone has to block for him at some point. Um, right, right, right. But I just think they could improve up there. I think they can improve there. We know they can improve defensively. But, um, yeah, I think they need to be better across the offensive line and just, just more consistent where, again, you're not plugging as many holes week to week, you know, for either performance, um, injuries, and stuff like that. They had a lot of starting rotations for the offensive line this year, and that's just not something you want to have. You want to have more, this is kind of our two deep, and this is where, you know, we're going forward with it. Ed, I know we got to talk about the offensive line, but another move that's going to be made a couple of days after the Super Bowl, what's going to happen with Derek Carr when it comes to that decision that needs to be made those first couple of days after the Super Bowl? Well, I think they're going to I think they're going to explore options to tr- to trade him. I mean, you know, uh, you know, the players in the locker room, the few that we had today, certainly spoke in a past tense in terms of, you know, what they thought of him in terms of him being a great teammate to them them, you know, uh, always being in his corner, but, you know, it was a past tense since, and I know Q was there for that. Um, yeah. You know, I think they understand what's going to happen, what's going on here, um, but I think they'll explore trade options. He has the no trade. Um, but, you know, a lot of time is going to pass between what happened here and, and that time, and, you know, we don't know what he's thinking. We don't know if he's, you know, willing to accept a trade to, you know, different places. I, I do think if you listen to his brother, he, d- he still wants to play. It's not a situation where, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. I think that's way beyond mm-hmm. and gone. And I'll say this about that. You know, I think you and I have talked about this before. You know, that's something he has said often. But, you know, look, that's something you say when you're with an organization. He's still young. Um, he's still in line to make a lot of money for his family. So I don't hold that stuff against him. I mean, that, that's, that's just something he said when he was there and now that they've essentially moved on. He's going to, he's probably going to play somewhere else and he's going to be open and embracing to it no matter where it is, I think, because he'll have a lot of say in where that is. Um, so that whole thing, you know, I know people are saying, well, you said this about that. It's like, you know, people <laughs> right. say a lot of things yeah. uh, in the moment. Um, so I'm sure he'll, you know, like I said, he'll, he has the no trade. He'll have power in the situation of where he ends up. And I'm sure, you know, where he ends up is a place he's going to think he's going to be successful in. And I think every one of those players in that locker room are definitely going to wish him the best. With that being said, Ed, do you think he ultimately does get traded, or do you think that they're going to have to flat-out release him? It's, you know, it's interesting because it all comes down to who has the leverage. Right. You know, um, you know I ultimately think he gets traded. Okay. I don't know why. I just have always thought he's going to get traded. I just, you know, again, he has the no trade, con, uh, no trade, but I think ultimately he's going he's gonna to accept the trade uh, uh, somewhere. Um, right. so, you know, if not, you know, they're going to release them. Um, I would think, or, you know, they, they, you know, they could keep them and then trade them later and, and, and do something like that. I, you know, neither of us think he's ever going to take a snap for the Raiders again, however it happens. Um, right. but I ultimately think he's traded. 
You know, and the reason I, I ask that is because a lot of people have hit me up and said, well, what's the, you know, what's the reason for D.C. to uh, agree to a trade because he's costing his new team draft capital? Uh, but I don't think that he gets the contract. It, to, to me, it boils down to money. I don't think he gets the contract that the Raiders have set up for him if he gets flat-out released and then just has to sign as a free agent. I think he makes more money on the contract that's in place for him right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that that has to be a thought of consideration for him. You know, he's, he's he, you, you only have a finite time in the league to make as much as you can, and he's set up here with this contract to make a lot of money. So he can play hardball a little, but again, like you said, he hits the market. Then, 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 what is his worth? Now he would get paid because he's you know a top fourteen, fifteen right. quarterback. He's gonna right. he's gonna make a lot of money regardless. But yeah, I mean, when you're talking the difference of you know what, let's just throw a number out there: ten million or even more. That's mm-hmm. a lot of money. Um, yep. You know, he has a family, and you know, he's he, like I said, you have a finite time to make as much as you can. So I, I think he accepts a trade. Um, I might be completely wrong on that. He might be released. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. We're going to see what happens, obviously, close to the Super Bowl, probably. But right. I just have a feeling he's going to accept a trade somewhere that he believes he can go be the starter and have, you know, finish out a successful career in his mind. Yeah, I agree 100%. Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, also the Review Journal. What do you got coming out on the RJ that we need to be on the lookout for, Ed? Uh, a Max Crosby piece we're going to write this week. Um, nice. And then get back and, you know, maybe head over to some Golden Knights games that the Raiders are done. I'm going to have to uh, bite back into the Golden Knights. And uh, then on uh, some UNLV basketball, they had a big win against New Mexico. Uh, yeah. Beat a ranked team. That was really important for them. I know DeMond's, uh, you know, probably waving the flag for that one. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and, and talk all about that and more in the press box as well. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, this offseason should be interesting for the Raiders, so, so don't, oh, yeah. don't drift too far away because no, uh, they're, they're going to bring you right back in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. When you're 6-11, and 11, Q, a lot happens in the offseason. Absolutely. Ed, fantastic <laughs> stuff as always. We appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. I'll see you. All right, there he goes. Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Tyler Bischoff, the press box, and, of course, on the RJ as well, writing all kind of fantastic stuff. Make sure you check him out on Twitter, at Ed Graney. 2.45 is the time. We'll get back to some more calls and texts. Plus, we'll let you hear from Devontae Adams in the Raiders locker room following the game on Saturday. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Steve Weiss is coming up from the NFL Network. He'll join us at the top of the hour to talk about what he saw from the game on Saturday. Also, just talk about the Raiders in general and how far away he thinks they are, what they need to do addressing the offseason to make them more competitive with the team that they played on Saturday in the Kansas City Chiefs. I uh, wanted to address something real quick on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We had the text about uh, two quarterbacks that – uh, had been ran off, one being Derek Carr and the other one being and I didn't I didn't realize who it was and multiple people hit me up and I do appreciate that. He's talking about Carson Palmer and I completely forgot about Carson Palmer. The, and it's not his fault. I was never a Carson Palmer guy and again it still was not his fault. I was always angry by the way he was acquired. I always thought that there was no reason to give up a first round draft pick for a guy who was sitting at home. And I'll tell you this and this I don't want it to be taken disrespectfully at all by anyone. But I feel like Carson Palmer and Derek Carr are very similar, right? Good quarterbacks, not guys that are elite, in my opinion. In my opinion, just my opinion. But, yeah, that's right, Carson Palmer. I totally forgot about that guy. Again, it was more because I was angry about the way he was acquired. Now, I'll tell you one guy I wasn't angry about the way he was acquired, Devontae Adams. 
<laughs> that was fantastic. He put in 1,500 yards for the season, 100 catches. He uh, picked up the yardage that he needed on Saturday, picked up the five catches that he needed on Saturday. And as we mentioned multiple times, and I've mentioned multiple times, there was some meat left on the bone. Matter of fact, I think on Saturday he could have had a touchdown catch. Uh, he, he jumped for one that sent him through him early in the game, and it went through his hands. I think that was a catch that if you throw it Devontae's way ten times, he's going to catch it nine, right? That'll probably be the one he dropped. And then there was one in the end zone, uh, in the other end zone. Uh, down there was it third or fourth down? Fourth down, I believe. That it was a tough catch, but Devontae could have made that because he's just that good. But still, 100 catches, 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, pretty good stinking season. So he met with us after the game uh, on Saturday, and this was this conversation with Devontae Adams. Devontae, obviously you guys came into this year with, with high expectations and things didn't go the way you guys wanted to. Uh, how do you guys sort of move forward from your core guys and leading the team and just the team as a whole and try to improve next year? Just <clears throat> figure out, I mean, obviously all, all around we got to kind of diagnose exactly what it was that led to, you know, us coming up short like this and then fix it with personnel, scheme, everything that you, you know, so we got a lot of time to, to figure that out. So hopefully we do something real, uh, you know, not drastic, but you know, we got to make we got to make some changes, you know, as far as whether it's the way we play or, you know, or otherwise. So we got time to figure that out. Going into the offseason, there's a lot of uncertainty, especially at the quarterback position and other places on the roster. As a team leader, do you kind of take even more, you know, responsibility on yourself to kind of be a stable force in the locker room for the franchise? Well, I mean, regardless of that, being a good leader is not, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not situational. It's not something that you do just because of this or because of that. You got to kind of stay even keel and, and, and have your mind in the right place for, for other people, even when you're not doing the best mentally. And it doesn't mean showing emotion, but it means just holding it together and, and being, you know, being enough of a, of a presence for your teammates to be able to fall back home when they're not doing great. So I've been in this position before where, you know, you come up a little bit short, but it's a little bit different when you don't even get a chance to, you know, to, you know, get, get to dance. So, um, like I said, we got time to figure it out and diagnose exactly what it is that has led to this type of season and uh, fix it and come back, you know, with the right mindset next year. What's your first year as a professional? I mean, sure. Anytime you don't make the playoffs, so I mean, this is my third time not, not making the playoffs. So at the end of the day, it's, it's a little bit of. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess, yeah, I'm not here to label and put on, put a, a title as this is the most frustrating, but it's always frustrating. Anytime you don't win the whole thing, it's frustrating. So um, you know, I'd love to have a better shot at trying to get into it than, than what we did this year, though. Is there a bit more of a beef now that the season's finally over? No. I mean, I don't, I don't really understand how that would be a relief. It's a, it'd be a relief if we finally were in the playoffs, but not that the year's over, no. Do you have confidence that it can't get turned around? You know, you say you got to make some changes in the offseason, but yeah. you feel good it'll go in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be talking about be, remaining a, a Raider if I didn't believe that. So, you know, obviously I do think that's, that's the case. Just this season, is it more about just finishing the job? I mean, five games where you guys have the lead, and obviously things could have been different had those results started to bounce What's your question? Do you feel like part of it is also just knowing that learning off of this year, finishing the job next year, and knowing you guys can probably bounce back on get get a winning record, get back to the playoffs after you know, how close you guys were this year? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Devontae Adams right there in the Raider locker room following the game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what you answer when you're a little confused by what the question is, right? <laughs> you out here? All right, Juan, appreciate you. Juan the Smasher had to stop by for a hot minute, uh, hang out with us. 
That's what Juan does, man. He's, he's always moving. Keeping it moving, huh? I heard that. I ain't mad at him. But, yeah, there was Devontae Adams in the locker room. And, you know, I asked him the question, hey, are you confident? He said there's moves that have to be made in the offseason. Are you confident that they'll be made? Uh, and that goes directly to, you know, the coaching staff, obviously, in the front office. And he said, yeah, that's why I'm saying that I want to remain a Raider. So I think that's, a good, that's something good for Raider Nation to hear. Anyone who has questions about 17 and he's going to be back in 2023. And I know Hondo Carpenter asked a question uh, last week during media session uh, about him coming back, and he said that. But I, I think it's, it's always reassuring to be able to hear from Devontae Adams. So uh, when we come back, we'll be talking to Steve Weiss from the NFL Network, talking about what he saw on Saturday at the game, and also what the Raiders need to do to improve their chances of getting to the playoffs and making a run at the big thing like Devontae was just talking about. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.